Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. Spoiler alerts are in full effect, like this one. Mr. Fitzwilliam Darcy is rude and classist, but somehow captures everyone's heart. That's right, you guys. Today, we are talking about Jane Austen films. Yay. I am here with my with Lady Stanger, daughter of a rural vicar, who is not shy about appearing in her country garments. <laughs> and our special return guest, the widow of a knight, Lady Frances Tamman, who has the clothes and mannerisms of a refined rank, but is in fact rather boorish. And I'm Mr. Denham, a proud and arrogant baronet that doesn't interact with people with the lower status than I. Wow, wow, wow. That you was guys, amazing. Have you heard of Jane Austen? I probably did. Uh, <laughs> she's kind of a big deal. She, it, it is a truth universally acknowledged that Fran and I are very excited about this yeah, episode. Yeah, you guys are full <laughs> Janeites, which is a word that I found out today. Yeah, same. Well, recently. Well, I first out. I was a dummy because I was like, Janeites. Because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't put, it was, a, it was a tough read for me. But now I know it's Janeites. <laughs> Even though I feel like Austin would be a better pun for something. But ostentatious. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> ostentatious ladies. Um, okay, it is funny that there is such a following of Jane Austen. It's basically its own subsection of films because she actually has a bit of a small catalog. She only has like six novels. Mm -hmm. What is up with this? Why are people connected to Jane? Oh my goodness. Um, why what do you, are they what do you like about people like about I feel Jane. Like they still resonate. Like they're kind of timeless even though they are very in a very specific time. <laughs> it is no longer regency uh era, but I don't know, it's just the stories, the characters feel very real. The female characters feel very real. All of her heroines oh, even kind of relate to. Oh, the female characters are so good. Yeah, and they just I I can't explain it. Can you explain it, son? I think it's that each of the books is very focused on humans and their humanness. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's within a set of very specific circumstances, but their humanness and a lot of the things that she loved to poke fun at and notice and was so good at bringing to life are things that are still true. So, like, someone who can't read the room and is always making a fool of themselves but thinks that they're the best is still f hilarious regardless of whether we've been to a ball so true so i think th for me it's that human element that she got so so right she is and she's so like i feel like she's so non-judgmental too like there's so i don't know why this sticks out to me but when people are just like always just like in her books people are sleeping out of wedlock they're cheating with people they're like um, but she doesn't really pass any judgment on it. It's just like, this is what people do. But for some reason, I just assumed that it would be a major, like, phone, like, thing, something that you wouldn't even really talk about at the time because it's like, this is not how a normal person behaves. And she's fully like, this is actually how every person behaves. That's funny because I was thinking almost kind of the opposite in uh -oh. that maybe just the films that I watched where, like, Mariah. Um, in Mansfield Park mm -hmm. um, is kind of outcast after that. Yeah. And they're like, she did a bad thing, and now she has to live with her mean aunt for yeah. the rest of her life. Yeah, I guess that maybe more when you're putting in the patriarchy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, okay. the men are usually like, no problem. Yeah, I the guess. men are fine. 
Yeah, like she, it has to operate within the like social confines of the world. But I feel like the perspective of the novels, which like I read as like Jane herself, um, aren't don't necessarily put that like judgment on it. Mm-hmm. It's like she points, she she will like get to the quick of someone, and she will sort of like show you their faults. Like she'll show you Mister Darcy's faults, mm-hmm. but she doesn't like criticize him for it exactly yeah right. you know? as he says She's you like, can't laugh at it yeah. yeah it's like that's a failing indeed yeah <laughs> exactly oh my god coming in hot with quotes uh, <laughs> yeah there may be a couple of quotations in my notes <laughs> there may not be fran's hands are completely empy these quotes are from from her brain from the from brain big jane brain big oh, jane yeah. brain <laughs> i love a gal with a big jane brain <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm being flattered that's a good view. um so jane loves some tropes you in her stories. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you can, you get, you see one or two of these films or books and you, they, there's a pattern right away. What are a few that you guys, that stick out to you? You don't have to like them. Something you've noticed. Oh, I love the painful goofball. I'm mm. sure that's not the official name. Uh, oh, my but gosh, yeah. the Mr. Collins, mm-hmm. um, the Mr. Thorpe, like those characters that, it's like the Michael Scott. Yeah. Totally. Uh, they're, it hurts to read or watch on screen. Like oh, you- we saw a really good one of that. Um, we watched Pride and what is it? Love, Love and, and friendship. friendship. Love and Friendship. I can Sir, never remember the name of that. What's his name, Sir Martin? Sir James Martin. Yes, is he's such a good one. So funny. Yeah. He is like one of the most outrageous characters I've ever seen. Yeah, and who's never seen peas before? Yes. Well. Oh, what are these little green balls? <laughs> I mean, they're not native to England, so they were new to him. (laughs) Someone said something very funny about that. Like, he's a pea brain or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. That movie is full of jokes, chock full of jokes. Mm -hmm. I was ruffling. Yeah, I actually need to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah, Love and Friendship is one of the best adaptations, I think, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because it's based on a novella that Jane actually wrote when she was quite young, like quite early on in her writing, um, but was released posthumously. So it's not part of her like official canon. It's not one of her like main six novels. Um, And sort of one of the theories is that um, it's it's a little more like fast and loose um, with some of the societal rules than a lot of her other work. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the theories is that it's one of the things that she wrote mostly for the amusement of herself and her family. Mm-hmm. So I like that one because I feel like it is a little freer in terms of some of the stuff that happens. And um, the Lady Susan, the main character played by Kate Beckinsale in Love and Friendship. Who slayed all She slays. She completely slays. She's completely unlike Austin's other heroines. Like, she's she's awful. She's an awful human being. She is. She she's, is. she's vain. She's manipulative. She's a flirt. She has extramarital affairs. Like, she's all the things an Austin woman is not supposed to be. Yeah. So I love that they adapted that story because it's such a delight. It's great. I was at reading something about it. Um, an article that kind of took the perspective of it being like a warm-up for mm-hmm. a lot of her other writing, and they said she's clearly like a, like a Miss Crawford, yeah. a warm-up to Miss Crawford, who is those things, but not as bad, or we just never get to see it from Miss Crawford's perspective. Mm-hmm. She seems like a little bit more ladylike, maybe, I don't know. But um, Lady Susan was fantastic, and Kate Beckinsale um, has not aged whatsoever. What? No. I know. She performed in Emma? Incredibly. Um, I would like, I, maybe I should read Love and Friendship because I would like to see 
how they if they adapted it a ton because those jokes are tight and they're coming thick and fast and i don't know if they reworked some things to get that going but i was like jane is writing some good zingers here oh yeah i love a good jane zinger that's actually maybe one of my favorite tropes is like witticisms Mm, witty banter so many witticisms um i love like i mean elizabeth bennett is a lot of people's favorite but i think she is one of the ones who does get the best singers in Mm -hmm. and like those are in the text so there you go she there's a part where a man just like runs up to her and her sassy american friend chloe (laughs) sevigny which is great who chloe sevigny's only lines are you like clever creature, yeah. <laughs> and then like my evil husband won't let me see you. Yeah, my he evil has gout husband again. Stephen Fry, she's like Mr. Johnson. Kate back and says like I hope the gout the second the another oh. next round of gout will get him. I love that. <laughs> I loved in that movie how much they kept repeating the same lines. Yeah. yeah, like she told everyone the same story and they showed you. She's like, oh, he's no Solomon, and they're all like, yeah. what oh are you God. talking about? <laughs> that I, that was so funny. There's so many people that just keep telling the same story because it's true that. It's like you can't come up with so many witticisms. If you got a, a good one, you're probably going to tell a few people. Yeah, well, and showing how like strategically she reuses stuff and yeah. and would weave it in. But yeah, the part you didn't actually say. No, no, the I part. didn't. Sorry, the oh, part sorry. is a man runs up to them and is like, <laughs> and she goes, "How dare you address me directly, sir?" He's like, "Lady, what's her name?" Lady Susan. Susan. He's like, "Lady Susan." She's like, "How dare you? Back up!" And he was like, "What, Lady Susan?" She's like, "I'll have you whipped. Get out." And he leaves, and she's like, how dare he talk to you like that? And she's like, oh, I know him very well. (laughs) (laughs) I would never talk to a stranger like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was just such a, like, out of nowhere, like, just me trying to throw my weight around. Yeah. I love. I love it, too, because I think that one part of what makes it so delicious is she's not constrained by some of the same stuff as the other heroines. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just so trapped by the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. And being virtuous young women, they, like, have to strategically operate within the confines of that society. But she just made her own way. She just rolls around. Yeah, she, um, she sleeps with who she wants. She has a ton of money. She mm-hmm. wears a fab fur-lined coat mm-hmm. all the time. And there are no consequences for her the same way there are for Mariah, which is interesting, mm-hmm. in Mansfield Park. Oh, you weren't talking about the emancipation of Mimi or... <laughs> no. <laughs> Although I think there is a Mariah in, I think... Uh, uh, yeah, Mariah Lucas. Yeah. Uh, also. she. But there's a lot of... Mariah. Uh, there's a lot of Mariahs. It was a very a common name. Yeah. Um, is Mariah a Bible name? I don't, it's spelled like Maria yeah, also. It's Maria. just how the English say it. Oh, I see, I see. They're hilarious. Um, anyway, go on. Basically, yeah, love and friendship, amazing. Delightful. And they did a great part of this film where every time you meet someone, they have a little, like, oh, yeah. a little runner where they show yeah. you their name and who they are. And in the, like, sassy style that it was in the original no- novella. Yeah, and because, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to remember what it was like her her friend that comes to help her pack and unpack. Yeah, Mrs. And she's Cross. Like, yeah, she's like, oh, Mrs. Cross comes to help me pack and unpack. And then they show a close up of Mrs. Cross, and it says like, Mrs. Cross helps unpack and pack. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> given the given the presence of a friend friendly relationship, it would simply be inappropriate for payment to cross hands. <laughs> Oh, so good. She's the best. She I want the best. more adaptations in that style. Yeah. It felt very modern. Yeah. Um, more modern. And that had made me like cuz uh, these novels throw a lot of names at you and that was a v- that was a helpful way because even with all that I was like so 
who is her brother's her her husband's like sister what's going on mm-hmm. are they an in-law who's dead it was very confused yeah i get confused by that oh yeah i do find that um like watching a film because i've seen so many adaptations already multiple times mm-hmm. so this is the first time i've seen a new one in a long time mm. and it really it really um needs multiple watchings i think because then yeah. you get the jokes and you then you anticipate the jokes and that's maybe one of my favorite parts is rewatching them and looking forward to those really good jokes mm-hmm. you're like yeah get them get them kate <laughs> i love it um what's another what's another trope that sticks out to you guys i think one that is in everything that I've seen is the like romantic false lead. Mm. Oh yeah, where it's always the red like, herring. Yeah, it's it's so many red herrings yeah. every time. There's mm. eligible bachelors Wicca. falling out of the Willoughby. Oh, Willoughby. A lot of them start with W. Oh, Willoughby. Ooh, Willoughby is the the biggest red herring of them all. Mm-hmm. The reddest herring. Oh, he's there a bad bad man. Ooh, he's but... like Wickham on steroids. Who Wickham? Oh. <laughs> Maybe will well, maybe Wickham's oh, worse. They're both bad because Willoughby. They both have left that with woman young woman. With a child. Yeah, I think it's more explicit with Willoughby. Yeah. Oh, he's such a cad, such a he handsome is. cad. Oh, a handsome cad. Oh, yeah. And he's just fodder for a Marianne type. Oof. So, Mr. Willoughby is in Sense and Sensibility, yes. mm-hmm. which I also watched this weekend, um, starring. Uh, a genius named Emma Thompson. Mm-hmm. Who also co-wrote the script. Who also is married to Willoughby in real life. What? I know. He's oh, I didn't know that. She really did well. Oh, she her husband. cleaned up. Yeah. Father for children. Wow. He's he didn't handsome. leave her with Mm-mm. child. He sure didn't. He's no Willoughby. No. Um, not a Willoughby in real life. Okay, so you like a a, a misleading cat. I don't, I don't know if I like it, but it is... Something she does every time. It actually reminds me of, like, it kind of is like those Hallmark movies that we discussed at Christmas, where it's like there's always, like, someone that you're, like, they don't get along, mm-hmm. and then surprise, surprise, mm, yeah, he turns out to be the one. Ooh, is that very apparent in Austin Land? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which we watched last night. That was, so that was double fake out oh yeah <laughs> like a it's like triple. i don't know which one is the red herring i know i love that they did that okay <laughs> we'll talk more about austin land but i want to talk about another show first um, um yeah. or are you done yours yeah i don't know that that was it but yeah basically that there's always just like some also handsome but grumpier man in the background that no one pays attention to until fake out they rescue you and then you're married. Yeah, and then it's exactly what you needed to become the best version of yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is my favorite trope. Um, most of Austin's novels are what's called a buildings roman, which is um, oh. a coming-of-age tale or like a self-development story. Um, so I love that even though all of them are like a marriage plot and ultimately about romance, they're actually really about the development of a young woman and herself and her like best version of herself. Um, so I just, and I love that one of the like sort of offshoots of this is a complete lack or like misapplied parentage. So like either you're, com- they're completely absent as they are in like Mansfield Park. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's just a, com- you're completely like isolated or misunderstood or just like, 
not getting what you need from your parental home. Like Austin's depiction of parents, I find so fascinating. Well, there's like never a mom. Yeah. Is that, I guess well, there is, if there is, a she's a, a mess. Mom, but she's gone. Yeah, yeah. She's, a, she's a messy mom. But the I was actually just watching Northanger Abbey mm. this morning, and that mom is like, I think, I'm trying to think of another mom that's got it together. She, she's that mom like, actually has it together, but she's not really yeah. there for much of it. But she has this really great line at the end when her daughter's been kind of like jilted and then the guy shows up to say he's sorry and he's all ashamed. And she's like, no, any friend of our child is a friend of ours and made him feel really welcome. And he's like, oh, you're too good. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, she was. She's he's like, really oh, good. my classism is showing yeah. as usual. <laughs> As per you. Classism, one of my less favorite tropes. But I yeah, do love a, a busy, up. hectic mom. Oh, I do, too. Oh, they're so good. Or the mom-like <laughs> figures, like Mrs. Jennings. Yeah. Yeah, trying yeah. Trying to drink Amazingly. her coffee really quick oh. before rushing out the door. When they're trying to figure out the elusive Mr. F. Oh. F. Oh, my God. That, that is, um, who, who was that? What was her name? She is such a busybody. The busiest body of, of them all. Mrs. Jennings, I think. Mrs. Jennings? Mrs. Jennings. In, in Sense and Sensibility? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. His mother-in-law. And she means so well. Like, that's the thing, too, mm-hmm. is a well-meaning kind of dunce. Like, a little bit of a mess. And she yeah. also, like, yeah, I've, I really felt the awkwardness when they rolled into that party. It's a rich party. She is full country bumpkin, like, blustering in, being like, look, let's talk to her. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, no. And she's just, yeah. just like, barreling in, like, I, like Roseanne. Yeah. <laughs> a like, full Mrs. Bennett arrival. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then there was, like, the part when they go into a back room and the rich people see them. And I, someone very vividly says, like, they're in their country office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was very oh, that funny. That is so sad. It's awful. It's tough. But, I, yeah, that, that um, Mrs. Jennings is very funny. Mm-hmm. And just... Yeah, he makes. She drops that it's a Mr. F that she's into, and then she won't let it go. Mm-hmm. And then there's a part where he's like, What's your favorite key on the piano? He's like, Is it F major? And then they both <laughs> kill, like, roll on the floor laughing. As oh, yeah, Emma Thompson Foster. just like has this very like stoic face for like a full minute. It's very funny. Yeah, Emma Th- there's so much of Emma Thompson just enduring other people in that movie. Or like the part where all three of her. Like her mom, sister, and two sisters both run to the room sobbing, and she just is like standing in the hallway with no room to go into. Yeah, because they're all full of crying people. And she's like, "I'll just drink my tea in the hallway then." <laughs> yeah. Even I though think... she's the one suffering true heartbreak, she I... is the one suffering the oh, most. Yeah. And Kate Winslet won't hear it. Mm. Oh, Marianne, when you want to be an Eleanor, but you're really a Marianne. Oh my goodness, that's my Austin <laughs> meme. That's oh, your when you think I, yeah. you're Eleanor, oh, but you're really Marianne. <laughs> Um, yeah, Kate Winslet is, um, Emma Thompson's younger sister in Sense of Sensibility, uh-huh. and she is messy, messy queen. I relate yeah. a little bit, I'm not going to lie. She Marianne sees Dash the clouds Lord. welling up, and she runs out for a walk. She gets caught in the rain 40 times. She's a romantic. She loves pina She's always passing out. People are having to drag her in. She has insane curly bangs that make me so angry. Oh, her hair. It's wild. Um, I love that. Um, Marianne Dashwood's character is like the biggest romantic. Like she's like, mm-hmm. love is to burn, to be on fire. Like she's like, I want that like Shakespeare passion. Yeah. Love. But then the best part of the film is when her sister, who's like, 
I don't want to say Emma Thompson plays a cold fish, but like she has to. <laughs> but she has. She's to be, outwardly one. Yeah, she's outwardly cold because she has to. Like her father's passed away, and now she is kind of like the head of the family in that way. She's yeah. like running the show, making sure. And they're sure. destitute. Yeah, she's and and the mother is like, I want beef, and and. Uh, and Emma Thompson has to be like, we can't afford beef. Oh my like, god, the mom laying down the for lock. beef was a, a really, I was a, cool, yeah. turned off at that part. Oh. But the best part <laughs> is <laughs> is her ending, like she gets the most romantic yes. story in the end. And that's really, really rewarding. Oh, and Even say what though, you will, but okay. Hugh Grant as Edward Ferrars is really good. Oh, he Hugh Grant is beautiful. He's so awkward. He's a little um, baby in that movie. He's so awkward. He's just like knocking things off shelves. He, okay, I didn't even, I didn't think that that ending was so awesome because there's like a part where i thought that it was going to be a trickery because they were like oh mr far mr farrars is getting married yeah is wed Mm -hmm. um but he has a brother and i thought this whole time that it was going to be a like oh she's getting married to my brother which actually in the end does happen spoiler alert but i thought that would it was like that the whole time but fake out she just changed her love from him to him and then he was like now i'm suddenly available mm-hmm. is that not a sad ending well, for her i think no because it's important to eleanor that he does the correct thing mm-hmm. like part of why she can trust him and love him is that in the way that she always has he's ready to like step up and do the right thing so he had he he made his engagement with what's or not lucy Steele. lucy Steele. oh hate her yeah but she, also such a funny character yeah yeah oh yeah she she had a, this little face that was always looking for approval like, oh just like. i hate um but they were engaged very young. And so the honorable thing, even though it's not what his heart wanted, was to stay with, like, to, was to stay, keep his promise to Lucy Steele. Right. So the fact that she, like, and also she's sort of, Eleanor sort of vindicated because Lucy tro- shows her true colors by switching Ferrer's brothers based on right. who's got the money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then part of it is like she's vindicated, but also she can fully still have confidence in him because he didn't break the engagement. Like, he stayed true even though he didn't want to. Yeah, that's true. You're right. And that is kind of the thing that all the heroines in the in all of her stories do is they they get what they want in the end by staying true to their principles. Right. So rewarded. they never I mean they might falter on their way there, but mm-hmm. in the end they stick by what they think is right and then they are rewarded. <laughs> right. With, With marriage, marriage which is sucks, but to somebody generally rich or well, not always secure. Secure, stable. That yeah. was that particular sense of sensibilities was very red herring heavy because there was a bunch of eligible men mm-hmm. popping around including hans gruber <laughs> or professor <laughs> snape oh, as you know him by his christian that? name <laughs> um and i was Missed like wait is he going that. to be involved in this and he unfortunately he was fully involved in this that is my biggest probably i think the biggest fly see in this movie which i love is that his love story with Marianne at the end is too short to feel yeah. real. It seems very rushed, like she just settled for him. They covered yeah, it by it him like reading she- a book of poetry and her being like, you're really emotive and this is the fire I want. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what will get you? After yeah. you just saw Willoughby? Yeah, but he has Mar- the best line of the film. Yeah. The air is full of spices. <laughs> 
when did he say so that? Good. When he tells the youngest Miss Dashwood that he'd been to the West Indies. Yes. Oh, yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> That's all. The only thing of note about the West Indies, by the way. <laughs> air is full Nothing of else going on that we need to talk about. The air is clogged with spices. Mm-hmm. Not a slave market to be seen. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Marianne uh, storyline is the one that has never sat fully right with me. Yeah, and like... Because he's also like 25 years older than her. Oh my god, yeah. How old is she supposed to be? Like She's like 15 or 16, and he's like 40. And how old is Emma Thompson? She's like, everyone's like, that old spinster. Yeah, she's she's literally like 23, I think. I actually, I have, okay, I owned this on DVD, and I used to watch it with the director commentary, and of which she is one of the people, and she does mention how she's the same age as Hugh Grant in this film, but everyone commented how much older she looked. Mm. (gasps) That's rude. Yeah, but for, and I agree, that is so rude, but... For this era, you're so used to seeing them yeah. with someone older than them. True. These couples, you're very confused. You're like, are you a couple or is that your and dad? Styling really feeds in. Like she fully is hair up, like intense collars. Yeah. And he's all like hair flipped out. Dashing. Oh. Dashing. Baby face. Full baby baby face. Um as we have kind of discussed, love triangles are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Love isosceles, love <laughs> squares. There's so squares. many. <laughs> there's so many sides to some of these love groupings. <laughs> anyway, I guess there's like, nothing more to say about that. But I, <laughs> I was like, is this a I just like Jane Austen's obsessed with having several people to like to choose from. Intrigue. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess plots. Um. And also, as we talked before, I guess, marrying for love. She's very, like... It's important. She's like, that's exactly what I'm going to be doing. Um, which is a very... Uh, I guess I quoted this earlier, but from Love and Friendship, when uh, her lady, what's-her-face's daughter... Lady oh, Vernon. Lady. Played by a woman named Morphid. Oh, Frederica. Yeah, Frederica. Yeah. She's like, I want to... She's like, I need to marry for love. Marriage is forever. And then she's like, not from my experience, because <laughs> she's a yeah. Widow. You know, um, Lady Susan in that in that one is she's the only person who doesn't marry for love. Mm-hmm. No, she's like, I married for money, and I'm quite well off because of it. Yeah, but is she? I think that's the question because Frederica is the one who is like, like she would be the heroine in a, in another yeah. Austen novel. Right. Oh yeah, totally. And she's rewarded with what uh, De Courcy. Yeah, Reginald de Courcy. Oh, um, such a smoke show. I know, it's so hot <laughs> and rich. <laughs> I look over at Sean's phone. <laughs> He's googling him while we're watching. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to find out how many pounds well, a year. He especially has. that one. It's a very Welsh film. I didn't recognize like anybody. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And the um, credits are a riot. Everyone's oh yeah, wild. <laughs> oh, and there was like a whole like Swedish cast. I think as yeah. well. Yeah, I love a good European uh, like. A co-working film, yeah, where they cooperate between nations. Yeah, it's beautiful to see. As you like to see it. <laughs> um, so now that you both, uh, you're both massive Janeites. Oh, actually, do you know what? Maybe we'll save this. Great. Let's save this question for later. It's time to listen to a word from our sponsors. Put down your cross stitching. Loosen your codpiece. We'll be back with spoiler alert on ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert with Sean Dunham, Sonia Stanger, and Fran Tammen. 
Hi. We're going to chat more Jane Austen in a moment, but first we'll be playing a game lovingly called The Game. Mm. Um, is there some sort of four-piece cello that you could play <laughs> with your mouth? It's, it's game time. <laughs> I was going to do like, do, 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 do. Just the Masterpiece Theater, I don't know. That's good. Um, so this week, um, I found the film, not <gasps> Jeremy. Shock. Oh. But I I've looked at the title. Saw, realized that that was going to be the title, and then made up my own, and then looked it up after. So, great. Okay. I think we're gonna. I think I think things will work out. The film is called Jane Austen in Manhattan. It's. I just think it's gonna be a doozy. I think it's. I think it's, it's a tough. fun title. It's mm-hmm. tough. Okay, I think that this is set in nineteen seventies New York. And there's a girl named Jane Austen, but it's actually spelled A-U-S-T-I-N. Um, um, and she is just, like, over it. She never wants to, like, hear about Jane Austen again. Everyone's right. always making the jokes because you know how people are always talking about Jane Austen in popular culture. Uh, <laughs> it's just a thing every average yeah, person knows a lot about. Um, so, but she has moved to New York from like Midwest America to be an actor and she gets her big break um she like d- has to decide because she gets cast in Pride and Prejudice the musical amazing mm. and she's like well do i lean just i guess i just have to lean into it and it and it's about her realizing that she actually does love Jane Austen after all Sonia, this is an amazing plot i would watch oh it 100% I love, I love that um you're Friends. right that's it that's what <laughs> Okay, I was thinking it's got to be a time travel piece. So it's like a... Oh, my gosh. Like, this, like, girl falls asleep. Um, she, like, goes down the rabbit hole. Has kind of this, like... I don't know. I didn't think it through very clearly. But Jane Austen somehow gets to the modern day, and they have to explain to her, like, how things work. And she's very confused. And the lead heroine's life echoes all the Jane Austen novels in various ways. There's a there's a Willoughby. There's a, a good guy. <laughs> oh I can't think of anyone's what name. If, what if when she Jane Austen is in normal times and they finally find a way to send her back, but she gets all of her inspiration for her books from that woman's life that she was in normal times. Oh, I love it. Oh my goodness. Or can I change my answer? It's like the film yesterday, but with Jane Austen. Oh, that's a great idea too. Oh, I like that. Um, okay, both two answers. For listeners, that means no one knows of Jane Austen except for one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gets famous on it. Maybe I've never seen this. I wonder. Or would it be so weird? Because then everyone's like, "Why are you writing about the Regency era?" <laughs> These books are bizarre. <laughs> You're right. It wouldn't really work. Maybe like, though. They're like, "Oh, we do love a period piece." Like 2019. Yeah. The BBC is like, "This is going to be yeah. big for us." <laughs> Oh my god, maybe the BBC would have folded already if they didn't have all the Jane adaptations to me. There's no BBC at the time. Um, I believe that a very terrible novelist is um, drinking himself in his sadness. He's he's bombed. He's um, reading some personal Jane Austen letters uh, that he stole from a friend because he's uh, kind of just wants that sort of level of of high quality. And he's reading them on his roof. He's drinking... Manhattan's by the bowl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's very drunk. All of a sudden, he's hit by lightning, 
and he can magically write exactly like Jane Austen, but only when he is completely loaded on Manhattans. Amazing. And then hilarity ensues as he tries to hide his secret from his fans and also stop being an alcoholic. It's like a what <laughs> women that want. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, well, none of them were right <gasps> oh. in no shape or form, but we were close. Or not close, but yours were good. <laughs> <laughs> When a plane written by when a, when a, I when didn't a, write a plane. When a play written by Jane Austen when she was just twelve was discovered, two Manhattan theater groups vied <gasps> to produce it. One headed by Liliana and one by Pierre. The pair try to persuade the arts trust that holds the rights to grant it to them, while also stealing each other's actors and undermining each other's efforts. Oh, and they fall in love. I bet. Oh, I'm sure they do. Also, I think that's fine. Delight. This is delightful. But Fran, your first guess. Mm-hmm. Literally already exists. It's it a BBC miniseries called. Uh, it, I, I always want to call it Into Austin, but it's Lost in Austin. <gasps> Lost, Lost in, in Austin. You know what? I wonder if I have heard of it, and that's why <laughs> you it's got in the my idea. brain. Basically, like, I've got a great idea. A girl from the like modern times uh, accidentally somehow switches with with Elizabeth Bennet. So <gasps> Elizabeth Bennet comes into the future, and then she goes into Pride and Prejudice. Oh, what if it took place in Boston and it was Lost in Austin? It lost in Austin and Boston. Austin and Boston. Lost in Austin. Thanks for your guesses, everyone. That game was brought to you by the RPL Film Theater, the best theater in town. Oh, yeah. Hooray. You know, they'd show up. I was just going to say. Austin film. They're not afraid. I bet what they, they got love and friendship. They probably did. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, you guys, let's go back. This is the what the question I did want to ask before. The oh, I've been on tenter hooks ever since. <laughs> <laughs> tenter. Um, okay, you both are both massive Janeites and modern feminists. How do you feel about her obsession with getting married? Because she is. It's always a con. <laughs> Not a con, but she's crafty. Mm-hmm. She's crafty. She's crafty. Fran, do you um, Yeah, I was thinking about this on the drive over, and even though... Like, initially, I want to say it's problematic because I feel like Jane Austen already knows that because she didn't get married. Mm -hmm. You know, like, she never found somebody. um, And she was, for all I know, very happy. I don't know if she was necessarily looking. But um, but what's nice is kind of what I was saying before in that the characters never settle. They stay true to what they want. And then these things kind of just like fall into their lap but only because they've stuck to their guns mm-hmm. i'm using all these terrible like idioms for this but no, uh, but I, I feel like it that doesn't bother me in that it's really like this these stories of women kind of just like taking what they think is right um saying no when their family maybe pressures them to do something that they don't feel comfortable with um, maybe like a marriage match that they feel obligated to make because like in the instance of uh, Lizzie Bennet being proposed to by Mr. Collins um, she does not like him he's a buffoon but he's going to inherit her family's house and Mm -hmm. if she marries him that would kind of secure everything for the rest of her sisters, her other four sisters, and their mother when their father passes away. And she still says no, even though I think in the same scenario, um, I don't know what I would do because oh, that if I was pressure. Sisters, I'd be like, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where like they never really succumb to that pressure. Though Fanny Price succumbs to pressure mm-hmm. more often, which is probably why people dislike her the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but that these characters feel very. Um, 
sure of themselves. They're confident and like a really good feminists for that time. And um, I mean, like standing up for what you believe is right is still something that women do all the time. So it's very relatable mm-hmm. today. Yeah, I think it's it's I feel exactly the same way. And it's she was writing about the reality of 18th century England and doing so in a like very subversive way um, that was critical of the systems that would force women to be reliant on marriage. So, I mean, it's interesting because I think her books can be read and obviously the films, which we're talking about. Sorry, Jeremy. Um can be like analyzed a million different ways like there are christian scholars who read a lot into jane austen there are people who are focused primarily on the romance so i think some of it too is like you can kind of take what you want from Mm -hmm. it but my the reason that i love it is that she presents the reality where women are forced into marriage because of a system like an entail where literally someone who's a 12th cousin of your father will inherit the property before you will if you're a woman Um, and then your whole family will be destitute Um, so she she acknowledges that reality she's critical of it she shows you the problems of it and then still manages to wrap it all up in a tidy marriage plot that is also pleasing romantically right so it's like it kind of ticks all those boxes for me in a lot of ways yeah totally even though class and race and lots of other important stuff are largely absent. Oh, not yeah, class. It's not perfect. <laughs> it's not perfect, but it's, it's of presence. its moment. Yeah. Race is absent. Yeah, but like, you know, servants, like, there's only, I think, a servant has, like, a name in one of the books. Like, mm-hmm. you hear them referred to directly, like, oh twice. My. Even friends shared this little thing. It was, like, how much money you would have to make yeah. to like keep on like to keep you at whatever level and it mm-hmm. went up and down with the pounds and even like near the lowest level it was like you're barely scraping by you can only keep on two servants yeah, yeah. and I was like why keep on any servants it was like even the lowest of the lower level. you have like, you need to. to have two servants yeah, well, this if like, you don't yeah, have you servants got... you are a servant yeah it's like three you have three servants but no carriage oh it's so hard yeah. to have no carriage have what to walk they, everywhere with your Lizzie Bennett. Yeah. Make a little basket in their hands and drag you. Um, <laughs> in a litter. <laughs> uh, let's talk remakes and adaptations. Love. Of which Ooh. there's a lot. So many. Which ones do you guys enjoy? You want to go first? Sure. Um, well, you already talked about Austinland a bit. Um, but I would like to go in more. We could talk more. I love, uh, I actually went to it when it first came out with a, a friend, Taylor, friend of the show, Taylor Bacala, who I took a Jane Austen English class with in university. Mm-hmm. We studied English together, so, uh, we like knew we had to go see it. And just the <laughs> like delight of love, the loving depiction of your fandom mm-hmm. and like the capturing of some of these things that, you know, a Jane Austen fan is are obsessed with um it just is so delightful and like you add jennifer coolidge into the mix oh. and it's See, perfection this is the thing is when friends tell me about this, i was like yeah yeah she's like carrie russell and i'm like cute sure <laughs> she's like jennifer coolidge is there and i was like record scratch <laughs> I'm like, excuse we have to oh, what? yeah she's like yeah she's her friend she's hilarious <laughs> she's the best she's the most uh <laughs> She plays one character very, very well. Yeah, I assume that's what she's... She's got to be that person in real life. 
She but giving like, all her friends makeovers? Does, I think she must be a little more self-aware than the character she plays, or else she wouldn't be able to play the character so well. Oh, yeah. I feel like we go to Jennifer Coolidge in her home. She just is like, hi, welcome to my house. <laughs> well, she's so normal. She's actually like Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> just normal. Um, and yeah, she does do a makeover in every movie. And uh, she just does, she was dressed like in Legally Blonde. Like everything she had was just like Big, a pink. fluffy pink thing. Should we say what the movie's about? Yeah. Sean, yeah, I love when it. you do a plot summary. So okay. what are you doing Austin for Austin Land is about um, a woman who is obsessed with Jane Austen. She finds out that there is a travel package where you can go to Austin Land and uh, live your Austin, Jane Austen life for like a week or whatever. And there's period dress and you conversate and this nerd was loving it. Mm-hmm. She goes. Hot men in, in garb also. Oh, of course, of course. She goes. She spends a lot of her own, of her savings to do it. She can barely afford the bottom rung, so she is fully <laughs> in the drabest outfits and has, stays in the crappiest place. And um, and then while she's there, she has an amazing experience, but she becomes a little disillusioned with the Jane Austen life. Mm. And she meets some nice men, many red herrings. Mm-hmm. She meets a friend, Jennifer Coolidge, who's also going, who doesn't know anything about Jane Austen, but wants this fun experience. <laughs> wants to find a man. Wants yeah. to find a man. And wear the clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very silly. And it's like, if you rem- I, I don't know, I got such sort of like 90s, slapstick sort of movie vibes like mm. without the Jane Austen aspect of it mm-hmm. it was fully just sort of a I don't know I can't just like a, a goofy romantic goofy comedy rom-com yeah, yeah totally um, and also Carrie Russell's just like the most charming person ever and it makes oh. me be like am I should I be watching The Americans I guess I should yeah Apparently. adorable and also Brett McKenzie from uh, Flight of the Concords is one of the love interests and he's so oh, much he's, he does a great job he's he does so it for me good. Uh, and J.J. Field is one of the others. Oh, yeah. He's, he's sort of the Mr. Darcy Captain, figure. He's Mr. Tilney. Do you know oh, yeah. Did you know him? I know Ms. Do I know him? Yeah. <laughs> Do you personally know J.J.? Yeah, we're both J-Knights. Yeah, I've never met J.J. Field, <laughs> but his <laughs> name is spelled weird, wrong. Field is spelled yes. E-I-L-D. E-I? My phone corrected it every time I put him into my note about this episode. Every and time I was drove me a little crazy. But it reminded me of love and friendship. <laughs> which is how Jane Austen spelled love and friendship in originally. He was in the 2007 adaptation of Northanger Abbey with Felicity Jones, yes. which I haven't seen. Oh, Have you seen it? It's so okay, good. I've great. seen it multiple times. And actually, that movie is available on YouTube. <gasps> oh. Well, it's I don't a, know we why. Didn't do it. Now we that didn't put it, it, it won't be. Yeah, people will be coming for you if it's not there. What about you guys? What are some of your favorite spinoffs, adaptations? Um, I mean, I do like... Austin Land is like... It feels like a guilty pleasure to me because mm. I know it's like not a perfect film and it is really cheesy, but it's so cute and and I would love to. Oh, my God. Sonia, this reminds me. Uh, we have to go to that... They have like another oh, yeah. football in Calgary. <laughs> we were like, we I gotta go. We like Fran sent this to me last time we discussed her being on the Jane Austen episode like mm-hmm. a, a couple months ago, and I think it was like happening in June. Like, yeah, at the it end was of too June. soon, so it was happening right away. So we were like, okay, we can't swing it this year, but probably next year we should go. You um, go and you go in Regency dress. There's like costume rentals, and you go for like a ball, and they mm-hmm. teach you to dance. 
And See, that sounds fun. Like, to I me, that sounds so fun. I am honestly into that. I think the whole, just, like, the weekend thing of, like, this sort of, this aspect of, like, they even, like, re- wrote in, like, love interest for you and things like that. Like, I'm, I would go to Austin. I would, still I would 100% go. In. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, and there's another one that I love that actually I'm curious to know if you've seen, Fran. Oh. Um, there was a YouTube series a web series called The Lizzie Bennett Diaries. Yes, I did start watching that once. I loved it. I can't remember if I ended up following through. I like, I don't think I got that far in. Was it period? It was not. It no. was modern, and it was formatted as like vlogs, like Lizzie would vlog. Right. Um, Lizzie vlogs. Lizzie vlogged. <laughs> and, but I really loved it because... I think it really got a whole generation of folks who, like, maybe would encounter Jane Austen in school, mm-hmm. but who otherwise maybe, you know, like, there were quite a few adaptations in the, like, early 2000s, but I feel like there haven't been that many since, I don't know, 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than Love and Friendship, I can't really think of one. Um, so it just introduced this whole generation of, like, teens, YouTube teens, to Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they did a really good job. They did. I'm Interesting. Obsessed. And um, I guess I forgot. I was uh, racking my brain. I couldn't think of anything. But Clueless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which Emma is one of my favorite stories. Interesting. Um, and Clueless mirrors Emma almost like very, very well. Because mm-hmm. um, Emma is a bit of a different character than normal. Yeah. She's fully just like in charge, has no no problems with money or anything. Yeah. She's just, just like, I want to do some... I want to hook up some friends. Well, yeah, she acts like it's all for other people's benefit, but... Mm-hmm. It's really for her. She's it's just bored. Her. It's, she's like, just bored. Uh, it's yeah. like the busybody characters. Yeah. But she's not... She's kind of a busybody, but she she doesn't need to get married, and she like explicitly says she does not plan on getting mm-hmm. married. She's like, I'm going to live in this house with my dad forever. We are so comfortable and happy here. I have never traveled anywhere. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm, I'm secretly a lesbian. Which is yeah. the vibes, oh, yeah. that, which is you the vibes that, that I... <laughs> Got from, I started reading Emma and then just like drunkenly texted Fran and was like, Emma's a lesbian. <laughs> Honestly, probably. Jane Austen might have been. Who knows? Oh, yeah. um, the Gwyneth Paltrow version is not good. Um, I like elements of it, but mm, I, it's not my favorite. The best one to me is the Romola, mm. Romola Garay uh, yeah. miniseries. Gazante, yeah. Fran. Yeah, I always wonder <laughs> if I'm saying her name right. But um, she is, I think, like the perfect Emma. And that is a great. Great is that one. the one from 2009? It is, yeah, it is more yeah. current. And I think it's uh, four to six episodes, but oh. it goes way more in depth. You get a lot more character mm. development and you get to see her flaws. She is so flawed. Yeah. But, um, but still very charming because she, I mean, she doesn't mean to hurt people mm-hmm. or when she does, she does apologize. Like she goes about it. She feels like a very believable character. Yeah. Her, like, arc is one of the more satisfying i think because she does have sort of the furthest to come in some ways yeah also yeah sorry go ahead no sorry you go because mine was a non sequitur oh no i was just gonna say and like similar to clueless (laughs) (laughs) share being played by a valley girl i thought was like a really nice yeah because there's a lot of good bollywood um adaptations Mm -hmm. and i've only seen a couple but um, and that works in Bollywood films because that kind of idea of class mm. is still more prevalent. So rigid. But um, in Clueless, having her being like that rich, like yeah. Yeah. valley girl, Princess. it works again. Like you, you don't really have to change much of the story to say like, oh, she's the rich, cool girl at school. Um, because she's trying to elevate 
the little, yeah. little Britney character. Oh, yeah. Also, Bridget Jones' Diary is the thing I was going to say. Right. Very loosely based on Pride and Prejudice. Oh, yeah. Very He's literally called Mr. Darcy, though. Right. Um, okay, I know we have to move on, but Fran, I'm desperate to know, of the Pride and Prejudice adaptations, do you prefer the miniseries or the 2005 version? I am uh, so devoutly, like attached to the uh, miniseries mm-hmm. because that's the first Jane Austen I ever saw growing yeah. up because it would play on TV on A&E mm-hmm. and my mom was watching it and I would watch it with her and come on like you had to when you back and you still had to like wait every Thursday to watch a show yeah and we'd be like oh we're gonna watch our show and we got the the uh the videos for Christmas one year and like I can't tell you how many times I have watched it mm-hmm. so I feel so connected to that one and the Kira Knightley version is good. It's fine. And I I just have to warm up to it more because I'm really touched. That's fair. It's it's highly controversial. A lot of people are very critical of the 2005 yeah. adaptation with Keira Knightley. They yeah. changed quite a bit of stuff. I really like it. Because it's, yeah. it's just like an hour and a half movie, right? Yeah, they yeah. condensed some stuff and just like added in some things. Like they would have like never kissed. Like there's yeah. other stuff, but I don't know. It really does it for me. Anyway, oh. it's well done. To know. It is well done. Yeah. I just her hair bothers me. In that. Her bangs. Yes, I. That's my. <laughs> I've talked about this on the show before. I think. Bangs. I just they're so tiny and sideways. Yeah, it's, they're just. She looks like she's like in Edward Scissorhands or something. Her hair is just. <laughs> <laughs> it's not right. It, no, I know. I know. I so hear you, friend. That's my biggest complaint. Otherwise, it actually is a very good film. I agree. But I want it to be longer. Yeah, exactly. I want it to be. And, four, and she's talking about the bangs. Four yeah. hours, <laughs> not the film. Oh Those my, two. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys. Thank you so much, Jane Knights. You have informed me. You have informed our listeners. It was a delight. And maybe I'll watch that miniseries. That sounds nice. It's good. It's Colin great. Firth. You guys. Oh. Um, <laughs> what are you watching? <laughs> Well, it's trash TV season. Season. <laughs> it's trash Connery, TV season. So <laughs> I'm watching Big Brother, and I you can't are? stop. I can't. It's How can ever you find since the time? Isn't it play like five times? Three times a, day? a week. It's three times a week. But honestly, it's the perfect summer program for me to just boop boop boop. I pop it on. I hate everyone. Uh, I. It's all the very specific rules of Big Brother, which I I think I've talked about being attached to before. Like I love the specificity of it. Um, yeah. And then I talk, I have a couple friends at work who talk about it. So I love that element of water oh, cooler. Yeah. Water cooler. And then adjacent to that, I thought I would try out Love Island, which, uh, oh, yeah, the American perfect. version just premiered. Yeah. It's also on every weekday. <laughs> what? Every, every day? day? Those editors. It's too much. Uh, I'm obsessed though. It's trash. And, um, but I can't stop. So basically, there are... This is 10 hours of television. I know. I'm not watching all of it at once. Like Love Island, I'm watching. I'm parceling it out a bit more. Um, So everyone out there, don't worry. I'm still having a life. Mm. Uh, But yeah, it's just hot singles (laughs) being shuffled into different couples. Hot singles summer. Hot, yeah. What about you, Fran? Uh, I have been power watching Jane Austen movies in oh. all of my free time yeah. and then watching like reviews of Jane Austen things <laughs> on YouTube. In my other spare time. Uh, in my other spare time. And honestly, I've been having a reading moment when this is not a reading show. So um, we'll allow it. Yeah. We'll allow. Especially we'll allow. this week. Uh, well, we were uh, reading Daisy Jones and the Six. I also Club, started reading that. Uh, which is kind of a bit of a hit right now. Is it a hit? 70s rock group. Fictional. 
It's fictional, except it's so very about Fleetwood Mac <laughs> that I wish it was about Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this is a female keyboard character that uh, doesn't get her due. A gravelly voiced it girl that rolls in. <laughs> Two in brothers are in the band. Yeah, that's... They fight. Thinly veiled. There's a lot yep. of fight. Um, I'm watching... I just watched this week Stranger Things Season 3. Oh. Uh, I think we might do a full episode. Oh, yeah. Um, the listeners to. have called. Uh, friend of the show, Carly, has said that we should do a show about Stranger Things. All right, Carly. Um, I initially, when I first started the first episode, I thought that the it felt like the main actors had gotten a little self-aware of mm. themselves and were fully, like, like as entertainers and as meme machines. Mm-hmm. And so that I was like, oh, this might not be a great season. But then I started wa- I watched the second episode, and it is, I had the best time with this season. Um, it's, they basically just keep expanding their base of characters. Mm-hmm. And they're not stuck with the people that they have. They brought, they made Mike's mom a ton more interesting. Um, did you guys watch? I've only, I think I've seen like four of them. Okay. So yeah, Mike's I love mom, Robin. who has just been in the background the last two seasons, she pops up. She has a very interesting story arc. They added Robin. They added a great character named Erica, who is, um, who I forget, there's like the other kid in their uh, group, his younger sister, that she's super annoying. Oh yeah, yeah. And she pops in and she's so funny. She has the best lines. And she's like, you can't spell America without Erica. <laughs> and they're like, that's true. <laughs> um, anyway, they're all just kind of gawkier. They're lankier. They're, uh, but they lean into their awkwardness a bit. Like, all of them kind of are have weird times relating to each other. And they just, like, really write in these awkwardness and how they're kind of growing apart. Some of them are still sort of children. Some of them are all smooching girls. And um, and the biggest star of the entire season is the Starcourt Mall, yeah. which is this huge 80s mall that they basically set decked like 40 different stores. It looks astoundingly amazing. Apparently, it's a real operational mall. Yeah. Which is wild. Um, and also, Steve the Hare is my favorite oh, character. Love. Um, uh, on the season, and they make him wear a little sailor outfit the entire time, and it's the best thing <laughs> that you could possibly ask for. Um, okay. I'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for letting us use this song, Manituna, as our theme song and our generous sponsor of the RPL Film Theater. Thanks to everyone at CJTR and all of you for lending us your ears. The show's broadcast live Wednesdays at 6, rebroadcast Friday mornings at 9, and is available as a podcast on the CJTR website, Spotify, and Apple Play. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us a follow, and have a good night. Fare thee well. Tomorrow. Aww.